0: Everybody, hello again and welcome back to another episode of the Welch Report with me, Jean Luc Welch. Make some noise, clap it up, get excited, wherever you are. We are back with another incredible episode, and doggone it, stop the music. We could care less about that because we just saw an absolute shocking finish to the Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford fight for the Undisputed Waterweight title. And we can now say that Terrence Crawford has won and become the Undisputed Waterweight champion on top of being the first male to be a two-time Undisputed champion in a career what in the world did we just see from him this fight my shoot before we even get off track leave a like on the video comment your thoughts and opinions subscribe to the channel and share with everybody that you know so we can build up this empire together we're on all podcasting platforms as well as right here on youtube so you already know the deal but we could hot oh my gosh without forget all the other stuff We got to talk about this fight. Let's jump into the ring and step into the ring because it's time to talk about boxing on today's show. That's right. Ring the bell. Let's get it started. First off. How do I feel about this whole thing? My goodness, I couldn't believe it. I went to restaurants, got my whole friends and family together. We were all watching the fight, and we were expecting one of the closer affairs and one of the great quality fights between two of the greats of this generation in boxing. Two of of some of the defining boxers of this era at welterweight going at it with each other. This was supposed to be, on paper, was going to be a close, hotly contested affair. We don't know who's going to win. I picked Crawford. Other people picked Spence. It could have ended by knockout, split decision, draw. We were all expecting something. We were all expecting war, and we were all expecting a very close fight. And lo and behold, what do we get? An outright domination. I was shaking my head watching this entire fight from round two on because we could not believe what we were seeing when we were watching this fight because this was an absolute not forget master class. That's the wrong word. Just outright obliteration from Terrence Bud Crawford onto Errol Smith Jr. It was something I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I legitimately didn't think this was real. What was I what I was witnessing. This was an outright he blew him out the water. He literally blew him out the water, caught the big fish like he's been touting he's going to do all these months, all these years, and especially in the promotion leading up to the fight. Couple that with him bringing a a literal net on his trunks and on his sleeve with Eminem coming out. Oh, he was ready for business. But again, we both thought, everybody thought, excuse me, this was going to be a war of attrition and it turned out to be just an outright demolition job, a domination and an utter obliteration uh, from Terrence Boyle Crawford onto L. Spence Jr. So that could I, man, man, you want to talk this fight was something that we've seen very few of in the modern day of boxing and stuff that we that we have talked about of the past. This was akin to the beatdown of Joe Frazier versus of Joe Frazier by George Foreman. That just outright destruction in their first fight. This was akin to that. This was like Fury when he destroyed Wilder in their second fight. This was like David Benavidez as recently as this year when he destroyed Caleb Plant and just, just beat him up. Just beat him up from pillar to post. Absolutely beat him up. The only difference is those those two at least the Fury and Wilder one—they, I don't, You could argue they didn't even look as destructive as this. They didn't look as destructive as this. This was. This could be argued as as destructive, and as complete of an annihilation as we saw from George Foreman and Joe Frazier. I'm talking. It, many people were in the restaurant saying, "Oh, there might not be." This is this. What the world? In shock. Literally in shock. People could not believe it. Could not believe exactly what they were witnessing. And I couldn't believe it because this was something that wouldn't, I never even dreamed of. Never dreamed of as a fight between two of the best in the world going at it with each other. Hotly contested, we were looking at an all-time classic from two people going through the ebbs and flows of war inside the boxing ring. And it would be something that would be, oh my gosh, razor thin. Or, oh, somebody finally pulled it out. No, this was outright domination. Utter domination by Terrence Crawford. In fact, that leads me to my next one right now. Next round, let's break down the fight. Ended up, how in the world did Terrence Crawford go and just destroy Errol Spence Jr. in this fight? Well, it was, first off, I got it right. Clap it up for me. I am, I was two for two, two for two. On oh, this week of boxing, I called it. No yeah, anyway, Fulton called it D- down to the round. Just about down to the, down to one round. I called it. And this fight I missed it by two rounds. But I called it as well. My goodness, I'm on a roll today. I called David Benavidez. I called anyway. I called Archer Benaviev. I called Terrence Crawford. That's what. I think, I'm, I, I think I'm four and one. I think I only missed one fight, and that was Lerman Chico versus Devin Haney. Oh, I'm on the roll. Yes, I am. You better believe it. I know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. That's why I got the ESPN job. Oh, you're doggone right. I know how what I'm doing, and I know what I'm talking. <laughs> oh, boy, I know what I'm talking about on this show. But all that funny stuff aside, how in the world did we see Terrence Crawford destroy L. Smith Jr.? Well, it broke down to exactly what I said he was going to do. First off, let's talk about some of the things that I wasn't expecting that he did. He fought from southpaw from the jump. We were, I was thinking of him switching and being able to fight at both Orthodox and southpaw. Going to be something that he was going to use to help confuse L. Spence Jr. But he didn't switch the entire fight. He fought at southpaw from round one to round, I believe, I believe round nine. No, excuse me. Yeah, round nine. For round one, until till he knocked him down, excuse me, knocked him out in round nine. He did not switch stance, not once. Not once at all. He just completely went southpaw and just said, we're going to go blow for blow. On top of that, he was able to out-jab Spence. He was able to out-jab a boxer that I said has one of the best jabs in the entire world. Not just in the welterweight division. And he was able to not just out-jab him, but damagingly out-jab. His own jab was a battering ram that we were all saying Spencer's jab was going to be that burst through the guard. It completely flipped. It It was incredible. It was quick, it was snappy, it was powerful. It wasn't flicking like we normally see Spence's jab. It was, or excuse me, like we normally see Crawford's jab when he throws it out. It was deliberate, it was strong, it was stiff, and it was controlling. Everything that I thought was gonna happen with Spence when he used the jab, it got flipped on its head. That seemed to be a popular trend this week with Noya anyway using Fulton's skills against him and then Spence using or excuse me, Crawford using Spencer's skills against him. In a way, being the outboxer in that fight and taking away that game plan with his jab against a better jabber. And then now Crawford taking away Spencer's jab with his own jab and being the better jabber in this fight. What? This is just topsy-turvy. Weak this whole week. On top of that, Crawford showed that he was stronger. Actively stronger. Then Spence, when I was saying that Spence was going to be the bigger man, Spence had a bigger frame. I got it wrong in terms of reach. Crawford had better, had more reach, two inches of reach to him than Spence. 74 for Crawford to 72 to Spence. But despite that, it was still Spence's overall bigger body, bigger frame, him living at this weight class of welterweight, rather than Crawford moving up. Get in, get to get into this weight class of welterweight. Spence was supposed to be the bigger and stronger guy, and Crawford outmuscled him. He outmuscled him. He outpowered him. He even was able to take the best shots of Errol Spence Jr. and walk through them, while being the guy that does the bludgeoning damage on Spence. And every punch that he threw affected Spence severely from the jab to the uppercut to the hook to the straight to the check hook it didn't matter he even pushed him off in the second round it was in the first or second round when Spence when tried to muscle Crawford into the ropes and Crawford not just stood his ground but pushed him off and came forward that was I never expected never expected Never expected it all. all it, 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 I, literally. We, I, I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words. Because on top of the stuff that I said he would do, in my preview of, of the fight, for those who, who saw it, and for those who didn't, hey, maybe I need to start checking out myself a little more. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm starting to call these things straight. Not, not to toot my own horn, but in all seriousness, Everything that I said he was going to do, I thought he he did. But he went beyond that and completely dominated in every facet that even Spence was supposed to be dominated. So the things I didn't expect were his ability to outpower Spence, his ability to outjab Spence, and his ability to just to to take the punishment or take clean shots from Spence. Better than Spence took clean shots from him. And flip it on his head of, again, the bludgeoning, bone-rattling power that breaks you down was on the side of Crawford rather than the side of Spence. And I said it was going to be the, the opposite. Crawford would be the guy that would score on the inside and knock. And if he did knock you down, it was off counters and sleek counters but not both countering and outright just deterioration from the punches that you were throwing. It, what it again, it this, this was a complete and utter destruction job by Terrence Crawford. And what did I say he would do that, that actually happened? Punching in between punches, countering him when Crawford, when Spence overextended because I pointed out that Crawford's best weapon is his ability to punch in between the punches of his boxers or of his opponents when they're trying to throw combinations and Crawford stood in the pocket didn't move didn't budge stood in front of Spence willingly from round one and in between Spence's punches all night long he kept intercepting them like Ezra Charles used to do way 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 back in the day the Cobra I believe he was called one of the masters of intercepting punches with his own instead of slipping and just making you miss and making you counter he would throw with the opponent and beat them to the punch to knock them out or severely damage them that was his bread and butter he mastered that art to the a degree that I don't think anybody else has in the history of the sport to that level of perfection. That's what he was known for. And Crawford was able to to replicate that in this fight. Instead of slipping and jabbing, stepping out and countering, even though he did, he used his greatest weapon, which was, again, intercepting punches and punching in between somebody else's punches at a level that I had never seen him elevate to up until this fight. Uppercuts and hooks on the inside. When Spence was throwing and just intercepting, using that powerful jab that Crawford showed that he's got to intercept, disrupt everything Spence was trying to do in the middle of him doing it. He would would step off to the side and throw that jab as well, but more often than not, he would stand right there and throw that jab, trading with Spence and beating into the punch every single time, causing damage every time. In fact, of the three knockdowns that he got in this fight for, for Terrence Crawford, the first one was off a jab, was off the jab, the same jab that Kell Brook got knocked down, inevitably knocked out from, that people were saying, oh, that was a fluke because Kell Brook already had a fracture in his eye, a fracture in his skull from fighting Errol Spence. Terrence Crawford, when he earned that knockdown on Kell Brook, people were saying that that was a fluke. Kell Brook was over the hill. No, 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 no. That's That we can shut that noise up right now. That ain't no fluke. That was no fluke at all. That just showed the legitimate power that maybe all of us were underestimating for Crawford. I categorize Crawford as a counterpunch, a precise power puncher. Neglecting the fact that he has also just raw power. Just like I've been saying with Spence. Just like I've been saying with David Benavidez. We got so enamored with Errol Spence beating up Ugas, beating up Kell Brook, breaking faces. All this stuff throughout his entire career, evolving from the body snatcher to the truth. And just wearing down opponents consistently with just outright power. We forgot that that's what that's what Crawford does as well. He's just so sublime that he's only needed precision, but he showed every facet of his game. This fight, it was incredible. It was incredible, and it's, it's punching in between punches, like I said, like I've just said, also. Countering all night long. He kept countering over Errol Spence Jr.'s jab and his big straight left straight. Like I said it was going to happen, that was going to earn a knockdown. And I believe it did earn a knockdown as well. Countering off his jab, which is actually, I think that's how he got the first knockdown with his own jab in Terrence Crawford. He countered off of L jab and off, off of L Spence's lunging attacks. Off of L Spence's over-exaggeration and over-committing on his punches. Overextending, crossing the line, crossing feet with Crawford. And was able to tag him. And did that all night long. All night long. His best weapon. Being able to fight in between punches and countering. He used that and he dominated the entire fight. And he also beat Spence at his own game by, like we said, standing in the pocket. And where we, where I said Spence could have the greatest success was also where I said he could have the greatest trouble. And it turned out I was right. Because when Spence and Crawford just stood toe-to-toe, none of them backing down, in the range where we all thought Spence was going to have major success over, and potentially Crawford's biggest a threat was in face-to-face mid mid-range to inside. Crawford just utterly dominated. Spence had no answer whatsoever, no answer whatsoever. Crawford landed fifty percent of all of his punches and sixty percent of his power punches. That's everything except the jab. He landed. That, this is insane. This is in, that, that is outright insanity. That is like you shooting in basketball 50% from the field, but 60% from three. It boggles my mind. Th- these are numbers that you see from somebody that just doesn't belong in the ring at all. These are numbers from somebody that that, that that is legitimately just there for fodder. That's the type of numbers that these statistics show. The opponent would be, but the opponent was Errol Spence Jr. The opponent was one of the best boxers in the world today. The opponent was legitimately in contention to be pound for pound king if he won this fight. Some people already had him as number one in their eyes. Or at least number two, at worst, top five. That's how this should not be. This shouldn't be, this type of destruction should not be at all, ever. When it comes to the, these two caliber of fighters, but it was, and it was against, again, against an opponent like Earl Spence Jr., who is legitimately a great boxer. All the hype that was behind him was real. That's why this fight was so big. Because he was the one man that we saw that showed everything necessary to be able to take Terrence Crawford out. If anybody was going to do it, it was him. Had a better resume. Had gone through the muck. and never been down in his entire career. Had broke faces. Had, again, made fighters never the same. kept evolving looked like a juggernaut looked like a tank looked like an unstoppable force excuse me looked like an immovable object but he went against an unstoppable force and got moved he got derailed he got taken off the tracks the unstoppable force in Terrence Crawford Blew through him. Just outright. Moved him out the way. Like he was nothing. Like he was nothing. It was insane. And you want to know why. The biggest thing as to why. This is the case. That sixth gear. Like I mentioned in my breakdown. Terrence Crawford has a sixth gear. That he's able to go to. When necessary. We saw it in Spence. Or excuse me. We saw it. Versus Sean Porter, when he was said he was down on the cards and and was losing that fight legitimately, when he heard he was down, picked it up, went to a new place and took him out. He did it against Gamboa when Gamboa knocked him down. He knocked him. He took him out within the same round, and switched, flipped a switch, and just completely elevated his entire game. When necessary, Terrence Crawford had the ability to do that. had shown it. He didn't flip the switch when this fight happened. This The switch was already on. He didn't waste time going to that sixth gear at the start of the fight. From round one, he was already in that sixth gear. I said that if Spence cannot compete, with the sixth gear that Terrence Crawford has at his his disposal, if and when Terrence Crawford goes there, he won't be able to beat him. Because Terrence Crawford is a man that can elevate and Spence is a man that can dominate based on he's always in high gear. Spence is always in high gear. Spence doesn't go ebbs and flows. Spence is consistent. Spencer's like that train on the track. He's inevitable. But he's only got one speed. Constant. Consistent. But it always works. Because he he has that level of talent. But it's, 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 it's there. It's just always there. But he never elevates. That's not a knock. Because I said, he's always at top gear. And because he's always at top gear, He's been able to go through everybody that he needs to go through. Always fighting at his best. And we see it. But he, he doesn't switch to a different, a different threshold. Who hasn't shown that he has to. He hasn't shown that he has that gear. But maybe he doesn't need that gear. Because he's all, when he fights, the way that he fights, he always finds a way out. Always finds a way to become the Im, immovable force that you cannot derail. And he always does it. But in this fight, he ran up against the sixth gear in Terrence Crawford at the first round. And he could not compete. He could not compete. He couldn't compete at all. At all. He could not compete at all when Terrence Crawford fought at his absolute best. Tapping into that sixth gear that he has. As a boxer from round one. And Spence could not catch up. In the slightest. In the slightest. It looked like he could, wasn't even getting going. That's how far and away. Terrence Crawford's sixth gear was. Terrence Crawford fought. Fighting at his absolute peak. I have never seen. Terrence Crawford. Fight at this high of a level. In my, in my entire time watching him. In his career. I've never seen him fight at this high, this consistent, this dominant, this all-encompassing level of pure just understanding of everything in the sport. Had never seen him fight at this high of a level until tonight. Never. I had never, never seen him fight at this high of a level up until this point. But he did it. Against the again, not just his toughest competition, but one of the greats of this generation in L. Spence Jr. A guy that we were all talking about again was in pound for pound, and if he won, would have been number one, and was the only man that we could feasibly see as being legitimate competition. For Terrence Crawford to fight. And Terrence went to that sixth gear from the jump. And he couldn't do anything about it. Couldn't do a, a thing. Not one thing. Completely looked outclassed. And outmatched. In every capacity. It, it, we, I'm at a loss for words. Because this is something that should not happen. At this level but it did against an opponent that has all the respect in the world behind him. The most credible opponent that we have today in Errol Spence, who I've said has fought everybody, has beaten everybody, and beat everybody when they were more in their prime than when Crawford fought them. And... He, he looked like he didn't belong. Spence looked like he didn't belong in the ring. Spence looked so overwhelmed that he was on the back foot in this fight. I've never seen Errol Spence Jr. take a step back of except to reset or briefly stunned. like he was against Kelbrook Brook. Or like when he got off balance against Sean Porter. I've outside of that, I've never seen him willingly take a step back in a fight. He took a step, he he backpedal. He backpedaled. He was backpedaling. From rounds like six to nine. He was backpedaling. He was on the defensive. He was in danger. And was concerned of the power of Terrence Crawford. And when, in all, to put it bluntly, Crawford took everything that Spence is good at and did it to Spence and did it better than Spence and took away every single weapon that Spence wanted to use to the point that Spence didn't have an answer. And he started relying on just grit, getting in and throwing body hooks, throwing hooks to the head, doing anything just to get some level of momentum. Because he was getting beat at his own game by somebody who was better at it than him. Who was also beating them with their own game plan and Terrence Crawford being a counterpuncher and punching in between shots. He was overwhelmed, he was overpowered, he was outmatched, he was outworked. It, it, it was complete and utter devastation. The likes of which I never thought I would see from some, at this caliber of fight. At a fight that had this big parameters around it. At a fight that meant so much. This is a generational fight that took place. Oh, yes, it is. But instead of us talking about it like Hearns and Hagler, we're going to talk about it like Frazier and Fury or Frazier and Foreman. We're going to talk about it as a fight of complete devastation. A fight of complete domination. A fight where one man against an opponent that was d- d- supposed to be his equal or dare I say better, in many people's eyes, completely got outclassed to the point that people don't want to see the rematch. People are saying don't see the rematch. People are saying don't rematch him. I'm saying Spence doesn't need to fight for a year. At all. And if he does fight when he moves every 154, you take the weakest competition as your first fight. And you build yourself up to get new tools in your tool belt, as well as to recover and make sure you're okay. Not that Spence isn't a warrior and isn't a dog, but what happened to him in the ring needs for him to get rest and to retool completely, completely. He's still the dog. He's still a dog. Don't get it twisted. He's still great. They're in. Also, there's nothing that is going to take away from this win. Nothing. No weight draining. No car crash. No multiple car crash. None of that. None of that. Because after the car crash, he fought Danny Garcia and fought Ugas and beat them both up as if he was in his prime. Because he was in his prime. Nothing got taken away. Nothing got taken away. So, I don't want to hear anything about anything with any sort of detraction, any sort of discussion, any sort of qualm of Al Spence just wasn't the same. That got proved wrong two fights ago. That got proved wrong two fights ago. He even said to himself, he wasn't hurt against Ugas. He was still s- settling his veneers in. But he wasn't hurt. And you saw what he did to guys after that. Complete domination. And what was everybody saying? I can't wait for Terrence Crawford. This man looks ready to beat him. Strap season. We coming for the belts. We knocking on your door. That's what everybody was saying. So no, there is no. And I do mean no semblance of discussion I'm going to have with anybody. In the comments, on the street, I don't care about this fight being a shell of Errol Spence Jr. No. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear he was high walking into the ring. I don't want to hear, oh, we didn't look the same walking to the fight. I don't want to hear any of that. He had that same face. That same nonchalant face and same nonchalant demeanor and same speech pattern and same mannerisms all throughout his career. All of it. If anything, they would have been more apparent after the car crash when he fought Danny Garcia in his first comeback fight. That was a major test when everybody was saying he should take a fight to tune his skills back after being off on the ring, And after being in such a traumatic incident. And what did he do? Came and destroyed. Looked just as good. And some people's eyes better. So no. I'm not going to hear it. There is no qualm. There is no asterisk. There is no injury. There is no car crash. There is no veneers. There is none of that. There's no facial damage. No jaw damage. No neurological damage. I'm not hearing anything. Because none of that was applicable. When he was destroying Ugas and beat up Danny Garcia. And coming into this fight looked big, looked healthy, looked active. Everybody was waiting. Everybody was ready. The weigh-in, before the fight, he looked ready. Nobody was saying a thing. The night before the fight, nobody was saying a thing. So I don't want to hear it. This is the same Errol Spence. Yes, it is. He just got beat. He got destroyed. He got put out. He got beat up. He got drugged through the mud. That's what happened. And nothing more. Plain and simple. Ain't nothing else to say about that. This was an outright domination. The likes that we've heard from legendary fighters in the past. And a better man won, doesn't take anything away from the actual opponent because Spence is still a dog. I want to see him come back. I want to see him recover, retool, and get better. Work on shortening up his punches. Work on not overextending. Work on being sharper. Work on varying his speed. Adding more tools to the tool belt. We want to see that from Ryan Garcia when he got knocked down and knocked out. Didn't we? We wanted to see it from Fury, from Wilder when he got knocked out by Fury. Didn't we? We wanted to see it from AJ when he got beat and nearly knocked out in the twelfth by Usyk. Didn't we? I don't. What? That's what we want to see, and that's what needs to happen. But all this stupid mess, like retirement, like he needs to quit. Like, he needs to step away from the sport entirely. No. Because y'all weren't saying that when he was fighting against Ugas and Garcia. You weren't. Y'all weren't saying that when Ugas had success against him. And y'all weren't saying that he needs to... that, that Y'all weren't having any problems after you saw what he did in his first fight back to Danny Garcia, who is a strong, heavy-handed puncher who can go blow for blow with anybody in the division. And it will take you in the deep water. Y'all weren't saying anything about that when when, when those fights were happening. So no, there's nothing, there's no, there's no slash that we put on this None of that. None of that at all. He came ready. He came primed. He came to work. And he got beat by the better man. Outright. Completely. And utterly destroyed him. And he did it in every way that I said he would do it. Plus more. Plus more. He did it and took away Spencer's own game plan in the process. In fact, beat Spence with Spencer's own game plan. In combination with boxing, his own style. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. There's nothing that this man has to prove anymore. There's nothing this man has to prove anymore. That brings me to my final point in the show. This, 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 I said that Noya Inouye was the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. And I said, irregardless of what happens in this fight, Noya Inouye would still be the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. The only thing I said that would change my mind of putting him at two, instead of putting the winner of this fight at one A and one B with Noya Inouye, is if it was a domination similar, or excuse me, just as dominant, as we saw anyway on Fulton. Just as dominant. That's what I said was going to be my line of demarcation. And doggone it. This man actually did it. He actively did it. He actively did it. He did exactly what I needed him to do. To show me that he is completely deserving of the sole number one pound-for-pound pound spot. Terrence Crawford is the best boxer in the world. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm happy to admit it because he did the only thing that I said he needed to do. Or excuse me, he did the only thing that I said he had to do in order to justify me putting him over New York anyway. And that was to dominate Spence as concisely and as completely as in a way dominated Fulton. That was the only way. Whoever won that fight had to dominate in just as, if not in in an even more dominant fashion, than we saw in a way completely nullify and exploit and just dominate Fulton. And Terrence Crawford did just that. He did just that. He did just that. There was nothing. The only gripe that you can say is that he lost. Round one, potentially. Or every judge gave Spence at least one round. Outside of, in a way, dominating and not getting around from any of the judges or any of the fans for the entirety of the fight. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. In my opinion, it was round one, which I believe a a couple of the judges gave Spence. But that was a give-me fight. That was a, or excuse me, that was a give-me round. That was a uh, a, a feel, more a kind of a feeling out seesaw, you know, which do you prefer? Type of round in terms of how they approached it, but outside of that, it, destruction, destruction, systematically taking away everything that Spence was good at. Slow, not not even slowly, quickly taking away the power of Spence. Quickly taking away the jab of Spence. Taking away any of Spence's flurries to the body. With Terrence Crawford's simple but so effective defense that he chose to do in this fight. By using a high guard that also was able to cover the body and the sides of, of Crawford. A guard that looked like something out of Winky Wright's playbook impenetrable then taking away the inside of Spence by beating him to the punch then taking away the outside by not allowing Spence to get away and then taking away the overall presence and threat of what can come to you from Errol Spence and using it for his own good in Terrence Buck Crawford By becoming the aggressor. By being the one coming forward. By being the stalker instead of being stalked. Countering to the point that he took away Errol Spence's want to even throw the big straight left. Giving giving hesitancy to even throw the jab. Completely ripped off. This isn't a dissection. Like we saw from Inouye. It, this wasn't domination via dissection, systematically and surgically taking away stuff. That was, anyway, that was incredible. This was an outright demolition. This was destruction by ripping off the arms, legs, and head of the opponent, not slicing and dicing your way through. Mortal Kombat style, you grab their arm like Goro and you just rip asunder every limb all at once. That's what Terrence Crawford did. He didn't use a knife, he used a bomb to blow up anything and everything that Spence wanted to do and bludgeoned him, outright destroyed him in 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 a beat down that again like I said we haven't seen in a mighty long time I compared it to David Benavidez and plant at least plant had some success before he eventually got broken down and got forced into a firefight with David Benavidez and got beat up this was there wasn't any success from Spence outside of maybe round one. And that's a big maybe. It was just complete and utter devastation and domination. A wholehearted, complete boxing masterclass that just ended everything. Ended ended everything. Everything. It's insane. He's the best in the world. There is nobody. There is nobody better than Terrence Crawford. There's none. There there, there isn't any. There is not any. I think that in a way is technically better in terms of his technique. I love his technique. He's got the best technique in boxing. But Terrence Crawford, excuse me, is the best boxer in the world. There is no, there's nothing to say. He met the very high requirement that I needed for him to take that crown and be definitively number one. Definitively number one. It's been contended for so many years. So many years. He's number one. No, Usyk's number one. No, Fury's number one. No, Inouye's number one. Consistently throughout. No, Spencer's number one. Dev, Javante Davis is the best boxer in the world. Devin Haney's is the best pound for pound. Th- th- these conversations kept going up. Will he, is he, or is he not? Yeah, he's the best. No, he isn't. Oh, somebody caught up. Uh, no, they didn't. Oh, somebody else caught up. So, no, they didn't. Somebody else caught up. It was like that for, 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 for years. There's nothing else to say no more. There's nothing to say. He is the definitive pound for pound best boxer on the planet today. Nobody is as good as Terrence Crawford. Nobody. Not even Inouye. And I love Inouye. I think Inouye can get there. Absolutely. But as of right now, no. There is nobody better than Terrence Crawford. Because reason being, this was... The difference between Fulton and Inouye and Spence and Usyk, or Spence and Crawford. Inouye and Fulton was a fight where we were all saying, hey, this guy, his size and speed may be enough to take out Inouye. And he's the current best guy in the world. Or at least he's the best guy in the division, excuse me. And for somebody to move up and beat him, If they even knock him out, my goodness, that would be incredible. And he did it completely. I understand. But Fulton was a fringe pound for pound contender. Again, we're all saying, I said, Fulton felt that he should be pound for pound. Some people have him in the pound for pound already or had him in the pound for pound already before the interway fight. And we're saying that he was overlooked. People weren't giving him the credit that he deserved. If he won this, he's in the top 5. That's what people that that was the noise. That was the story around Fulton. When he fought against Inouye. And that he was going to shut this hype job down in gonna shut him down. And then when Inouye knocks him out and completely destroys him, now it's oh shoot. Like I like I had said in my breakdown is going to find out that there's levels to this pound-for-pound pound game that he is not ready for. That could very well be a reality that hits him in the face come this fight. That's what I said, and it boded true. That he's not ready for pound-for-pound for pound yet. But Errol Spence is a different story. Errol Spence was viewed as pound-for-pound. Pound, and Terrence Carver was viewed as pound-for-pound. These two were seen as the only two relevant competition for each other. The only two. For five years. The only two that were actually good competition for each other. That's it. Because they had both cleaned out everybody. And to take somebody on this magnitude of a fight, who is your best opponent to date, and might be the best opponent that you face, faced, period, in your career. Who is also going to be seen as one of the best of this generation and one of the great welterweights of history in Errol Spence Jr. The guy who everybody was vaunting over because he gave Floyd a black iron spark. A guy that broke faces. A guy that was feared. A guy that was called the boogeyman of the division. A guy that ruled the division. A guy that had never moved up from the division. This wasn't a situation where it was catch weight or draining or too heavy, too light. None of that. He lived at welterweight. Lived there. Lived there. His domain. His yard. And Crawford was moving up to welterweight. After being undisputed from the previous weight class. And he, in a fight that was his, again, legacy fight, generational fight, a fight to tell the story of boxing as a whole for the rest of time, a notch in history of this great sport that we love that was going to help tell the timeline of the entirety of this sport, a fight vaunted as Hagler Hearns Hearns Leonard, Duran Leonard, any of the greats, any of them. A fight that was going to define a generation. And he made it look easy. He made it look like Spence didn't belong. He's the best in the world. And there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. I'm not flip flopping. I'm not changing on a whim. I'm not a guy that's trying to just keep with trends or be or or or, or, or get say the same thing anybody else is saying. Just be a follower. I'm not saying that. This is a point blank objective opinion. This I go off of what I see, and I told y'all what needed to happen in order to change my mind on how. Either the winner of Spence or Crawford was going to be ranked in pound for pound on that performance. If they are not beating each other in a in a way that made it seem like they don't belong in the ring, in the slightest. No, I wasn't going to put them above anyway. Whoever was the winner, but Crawford did just that. Made Spence look human. Made Spence look. People are now talking about Spence like he's over the hump. Again, retirement is what people are saying Spence needs to do. Like Stephen A. Smith. Taking a year off because of how bad this beating was. That's what people are saying about Errol Spence Jr. after this fight. When before this fight, they were saying that Spence is going to be the guy to prove his point. That he is the boogeyman. He is the truth. And he's the best in the world. In a matter of 30 minutes, the whole perception of Errol Spence Jr. changed at the drop of a At the drop of a Again, he made him look like he didn't belong in the ring. Terrence Crawford made Spence look like he didn't belong in the ring. Just like, in a way, made Fulton look like he didn't belong in the ring. It, 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 it. Some people even said it got sad watching that fight because of how thoroughly Crawford was destroying Spence. How systematically Crawford was applying destruction in every single shot. Beating Spence at his own game and beating Spence with Crawford's own game plan combined. Both. I saw both facets. I saw him steal everything that Spence was good at and turn it into his own. On top of applying everything that he is good at to go in for the kill. Inside fighting and trading and jab, he took from Spence. Countering in instincts, he applied that from his own and beat him completely. Outright. Overmatched. People are people are now saying that he was drained. People are now saying, "Oh, everything's catching up to him." People are now using the car crash as a means to say, "Oh, he was never the same." Mind you, they weren't—they weren't and shouldn't have been using that beforehand, leading up to this fight. Thirty minutes changed everything. Every single thing, at the drop of ad changed the entire perspective. People are even saying now, Spencer's resume actually wasn't that all good. After this fight, people are saying Spence's record was actually never truly better than Terrence Crawford. He never actually fought heavy hitters. People are legitimately, genuinely, throughout the internet, people are saying that. After this performance, there's nothing else to say. He's the best in the world. And there is nobody better. Definitively definitively, there is nobody better. None. We'll see what happens down the line, but it's concrete, set in stone. This is, in fact, the Terrence Crawford era. We are living in the Terrence Crawford era. Canelo Alvarez is still the face of boxing because of popularity. But the best boxer in the world today is without a doubt, pound for pound, Terrence Crawford. And if Terrence Crawford keeps on this run, we could see him being the face of boxing now. We could see him easily steal that title from Canelo. with how big, Even without Big Canelo is, we could see him steal that title. Because it's not Javante Davis. It ain't Devin Haney. It ain't Ryan Garcia. It ain't Fury. It ain't Usyk. It's nobody. Not Inouye. And I love Inouye. Right now, he's my favorite boxer today. He's, he's not better. He's not better. After this performance, Terrence Bud Crawford is the greatest boxer in the world today. Right now. Currently standing. He is the pound-for-pound pound king of this entire sport. And there is nobody better. Nobody better. Who will top it? Who knows? This is gonna be. He ain't going to move an inch probably for the rest of the year. Probably for the next two years. Unless he takes a loss. This was so dominant by Crawford, he could probably fight again in in December if he really wanted to. That's how clean he came out of this. Spence is going to have to take a year off, even though he said that he wanted to fight again and get a rematch in December, which I think the rematch will happen. It'll just have to wait a year. It probably won't be for the titles. It'll be up at 154. Yeah, it'll happen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not banking on it not happening. I do believe it will happen. But he's going to have to wait a year, a year and a half. Not. T- I'm talking about not touching boxing. No sparring. Pad work only. Bag work only. Running only. But no sparring. At all. Until he, then probably another six months where he actually steps into the ring after that to get back prepped and ready and taking a a throwaway opponent to get back acquainted with the ring and apply whatever new tools you're going to have to have if you ever dream of winning a rematch with Terrence Crawford after the whooping that he put on you. If you're Errol Spence Jr. But I don't doubt it'll happen. But Terrence Crawford can fight again by December. If he wanted to. He was in such good shape. he could. This man could legitimately. By December go challenge at 154. If he wanted to for a title. Immediately. Just like with Inouye. Just like with Inouye. He can go straight to the top dog at 154. If he wanted to right now. And beat him. That's where Spence. That's where Crawford's at right now. That's how dominant Crawford is right now, and that's how clean Crawford came out of this. Looked like he didn't take any punches whatsoever. Spence landed ninety-six punches this entire fight, none of them did any damage. Which is the craziest thing about his whole experience. Crawford won this fight and ate legitimately, even with him destroying. L. Spence, he ate some heavy hooks even around that incredibly tight guard that he had in this fight. Ate some big shots and walked through them like they were light jabs. Continued the pressure. Didn't get phased not once. The same way, in got caught massively against Fulton. And it didn't phase him at all. And then Fulton came and immediately ended the, or excuse me, and then Inouye came and immediately ended the fight. I believe the round after that punch, if I'm not mistaken, or at least put him on the back foot the next round, immediately. It was it was like that. So complete, yet so devastating. So dominant and destructive. Not surgical like Inouye. Destructive, dominant destruction. Destructive dissection. Outside of refined dissection. From inuit This was destructive dissection from Crawford. Again, like, like Goro on Mortal Kombat. Ripping off limbs. Every single limb. Not slicing, not a clean cut, ripping, tearing, prying away every single thing that Spence had to offer. Made him look like an amateur. Made Spence look like a child. He made Spence look like he didn't belong. He made Spence look like Roly Romero against Javante Davis. But worse than that. He made Spence look like he didn't know how to box. He made Spence look like he didn't know how to fight. As crazy as that sounds, it's the truth. That's destruction and dominance on a different scale. Just like I said with Inouye. But this was against a better opponent. A legitimate pound-for-pound opponent. Not a fringe one. Still, Fulton's great. And still, Spence is great. But Spence Spence is far superior, far superior than Fulton and was supposed to give Crawford the toughest fight of his life. Instead, this is one of the easiest fights of Crawford's career. This is one of the most clear-cut, decisive fights that we've seen from Crawford. Again, Gamboa had a better outing than him. Cal Brook had a better outing than him. And he got knocked out in five, four, maybe even three. That the the brother that fought before this fight, the, I forget his name, but the cat that, that Crawford defended his fight against or defended his title against before this fight, which was like a two-and-up fight before the Spence fight, that guy looked better than Spence did against Crawford when they fought against each other. Brings up a compelling point that maybe Spence fights Up to the caliber of his opponent. Maybe he fights up to the caliber of his opponent. Like Salvador Sanchez used to do. Back when he was dominating the division. Before he tragically passed away. Mike Tyson said it best. If you weren't great. You'll probably make it through all 12 rounds. But if you were great. You're not finishing the fight. That's what Salvador Sanchez did. Elevated his game based off the opponent he was fighting. And that's what Errol Spence did in this fight. Elevated his game to to a dominant level that I have never seen before from him. Because the opponent was somebody that was seen as the biggest threat to him. This is the greatest performance I've seen from Terrence Crawford in the history of me watching a fight. And solidified for me that this is the definitive, pound for pound, best fighter in the world. And there is no equal. There is no 1A, 1B. It is him and Neoya. And then Usyk. And then whoever else in the world you want to put there. I have a whole nother episode for something about list of who I got top 10. But definitively. It's Crawford, Inouye, Usyk. After that, have your way, do what you want. But that number one spot that we all have been throwing up in contention for has now been completely secured, unquestionably secured, even by the standards that I said he needed needed to happen in order for it to be secured. Which was domination on a scale just like in a way in Fulton. He did that and more. There's no there's nothing else to say. He's the best fighter in the world. He is the pound for pound king. This is in fact the Terrence Crawford era of boxing. He has solidified himself as the best in the world, point blank, period. And if he keeps this up, he can easily become the definitive face of this sport. De- absolutely. He can steal that crown from Canelo. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. It's possible. Canelo's still the face of the sport because of how big he is. And he's still a pound for pound great. Don't get me wrong. In today's generation. He's still on a pound for pound. Yes, he is. Because he's still undisputed at 168. Deservedly so. But that can easily now be shifted to Terrence Crawford based on the next steps that Crawford does in his career. From this point on. And he's 35. I'm not saying he's going to age out. I'm not saying all of a sudden he's going to just drop in terms of skill all because, oh, he's old. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is he's probably privy to the fact that his own clock is also dwindling as it is follows. Time doesn't stop. And a boxer's lifespan is incredibly different from anything else. And he's privy to that. So he's not going to waste time either. Now that he got the biggest fight of his career out the way, watch him go, in my estimation, on a tear. Absolute tear. Because now he's the guy to be avoided. Now he's the guy that people won't want to fight. Now he's the man that people won't want to step in the ring with. But he's going to be pushing. Every chance he gets, he's going to be pushing for the biggest fights now. And I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. I'm so ecstatic. This is is great. This is incredible. Because now we can sit back, relax, rest, and muse on the knowledge that there is a definitive pound-for-pound king in the world of boxing that nobody else in the sport can change at this point in time. It is set in stone. Etched in gold. Etched in undisputed gold. Two times undisputed. Historically undisputed. He's the pound for pound best in the world. And has now put himself amongst the greats. And that brings me to the next one. This will be the last point of the show. Very quickly. We can go on and on about this. With this performance now, we can see that Terrence Crawford is no longer just a general a generational talent of today. He is now a generational talent of all time. I'm not putting him high high. I'm not putting him, oh my goodness, above Sugar Ray Leonard or, or Sugar Ray Robinson. I'm not doing it. What I am doing. He's in probably top 10. He's probably in the top 10 greatest welterweight of all time. He's in that conversation with Hearns, Hagler, Duran, Leonard, Pryor, Chavez, Salvador San- Sanchez. I'm not, again, the weight classes vary, but in terms of the greatness of the past, and specifically Welterweight. I'm not saying that he's just clears them up. But I'm saying now we no longer can talk about him as just oh man, for today's boxers, he's phenomenal. For today's generation, he's great. But he couldn't compete. No. None of that. I dare say I saw somebody say this, and I, I forget where. I think I saw it on, on Twitter. And I think I might have to agree This is a man that could compete In the four kings era of boxing And the prime of Hearns Hagler Duran And Leonard He would be He would be the fifth king He would be the fifth king And he would give any of them A bump for their money Absolutely Absolutely Any of them Any of them I'm not saying he's better But I'm saying we can definitively say he can compete. He's that great. He's that good. He's that skilled. He's that creative. He's that dynamic. He could compete with the best of the best in the golden age of boxing and the best of the best of the four kings era. He would be the fifth king. He would be the fifth king. He would be the fifth king in that era. How good or bad he would be amongst that you debate that for yourself. I'm not here to say that at this point in time. What I am here to say is that definitively, he would be the fifth king. Instead of it saying four kings, it would be the five tribes of boxing. Because there would be five separate Sam fan bases clamoring for it. Because they would be the five best in the sport. In that division. Against each other. And that's how good Crawford is. Because he dismantled another great that was supposed to be. And at every single point in time looked like coming up to this fight was going to be. The hardest competition of his life. One of the best of a generation in Errol Spence Jr. A juggernaut, like I said earlier. A savant on the inside. A man with a great chin. Ain't never been down. Tough as nails. Can punch with the best of anybody. Regardless of weight class. Consistently breaks opponents down. Breaks faces. Breaks wheels. Like he stated he likes to do. Came back from a car crash and looked just as good. Some people's eyes might have been even better. And he got absolutely demolished. Yeah, there's no question. There's no question. He would be in the he would be in the four kings. He would be in the four king era of boxing. He would be the fifth king. And we should start talking about him as one of the greats of all time, in the same breath as Hearns, Hagler, Duran, and Leonard. We should start talking about him like that. Because he deserves it, especially after this performance. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Black and rest easy knowing that we finally have a definitive pound for pound king. For the rest of the year, at minimum for the rest of this year, there is nobody better than Terrence Bud Crawford. He is the pound for pound king of boxing, and he is the best in the world. No conversation needed. No debate. Nothing else to say. With that being said, this has been another episode of the World report with me, Jean-Luc Welch. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. So happy that y'all chose to listen to me on this show. Again, leave a like on the video, comment your thoughts and opinions, subscribe to the channel, and share with everybody that you know so we can build up this empire of a channel together. I've been John Welch. Y'all been beautiful. Can't wait for all the other action in all the sports world to happen and come back right here as I'm gonna cover it all. But this has been a phenomenal show. I've been John Welch. You've been beautiful. Thanks for tuning in. Peace and love. We are out of here.